Kia ora whanau. Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. This podcast is about mental health, my experiences of moving from diagnosed depression, anxiety, panic attacks to a place where I no longer experience those, and also sharing tools and tactics that I use with my clients who have successfully done the same, which is over 50. And today, we have Tobias Johnson on the podcast. He is a published scientist, all right? So you know it's going to be a goodie, uh, particularly when it's a published scientist who is jacked. <laughs> all right. uh, now, I'm actually going to read, I never usually do this, but I just loved his bio so much, um, and it describes exactly what he is perfectly, uh, which is, he's an online coach who helps people prov- uh, transform their health and physique. He's also a published scientist, as I mentioned, uh, with his research focusing on how to overcome self-defeating behavior. I love that focus. And in fact, the um, publication that, that actually just released not long ago in a reputable journal has a big focus on this. Now, Toby, or Tobias, uh, studied neuroscience at the University of New South Wales, graduating with first class honors as a postgraduate. So um, this gentleman was able to take us through a focus on discipline. Now, what I thought was discipline was wrong. And in fact, I almost bet that a lot of what you're going to take away today is going to be new understandings around discipline in terms of a way to really reframe it so that one can actually reach far greater levels of what we can call discipline. So from the outside looking in, it looks like incredible discipline. But from your end, it doesn't feel that way. And this is something that I hadn't realized I've been practicing, and I had a bit of a realization over the course of this episode, including the following episode as well that I did with him, as we did three in total episodes, which I'd highly suggest listening into. So without further ado, let's pass it over to Toby so he can take us through some incredible uh, detailed explanations around what discipline is, some science behind it, and how we can start building it. Enjoy. All right, so we're with Tobias Johnson here. Um, I actually went to school with this lad, and uh, he's really impressed me with what he's been coming through with um, in terms of his study around neuroscience and as well his ambition in that space is uh, super sharp, and specifically because of the way he's able to apply a lot of the learnings and teachings that he gains from that field of work, and he's able to bridge them into the work that he does in personal training, which is why it's so fascinating and the way he can do um, he can execute real-world application in the, w- in the way that he sort of takes the theory uh, from a lot of his work. So in saying that, because he works so closely with people around physical training, there generally is a lot of discipline that's associated with that. Now, as you can imagine, discipline is associated with many things. But I'd really love to ask you, Toby, what, how would you describe discipline? And in what way do you feel that it is applicable to everyday life? First of all, thank you so much for the generous introduction. I'm blushing already at the I know, of the man. Podcast. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, when it comes to discipline, most people think of it as you're just lashing yourself over the back or, you know, squeezing as hard as you can to resist temptation in some way. And I think that's just one very confined and narrow definition of discipline. And I like to distinguish between two forms of discipline, and this has been talked about in the science ad nauseum. Um, They call it the difference between synchronic regulation and disynchronic regulation. I'm sorry, diachronic regulation. You don't have to remember those terms. Um, I prefer the more intuitive definition of proactive self-control versus reactive self-control. 
So most people, when they think of discipline, they're just thinking of reacting to temptation that's already there. They're thinking, how can I get home from work and get myself to the gym, even though I've got all these distractions lying around and I don't want to go to the gym at all. So they're reacting to their circumstances. But proactive self-control is where you set up your life in such a way that the right thing happens. The thing that you want to do is the default behavior and you don't need to resist temptation in the moment. So in essence, it's about minimizing the frequency of temptations. And the research on people who achieve their goals most effectively shows that they're not resisting temptation more than people who don't achieve their goals. What they're doing is structuring their lives in a, a way to reduce the amount of temptation they encounter. They just experience mm. less temptation. Um, and that's proactive self-control rather than reactive self-control. Very, very, I love that. Really fascinating. Um, so I know that a lot of people as well, when they come to this idea of sort of self-control, um, people often refer to it as a confining experience um, and restricting experience. Um, of course, you know, as, as we are both very well aware, it's actually necessary for the freedom because um, choosing mm -hmm. freedom now leads to more constriction later. Um, but um, explaining that can actually be something that is, is a different story. So how would you explain that a little bit more to someone um, in the sense where discipline, um, I guess there's a yeah, dichotomy yeah. to it, I suppose. That definitely can happen. I mean, humans by nature are quite undisciplined. We're mm. myopic, like short-sighted. Um, yes. Myopia you know, is the medical yes, yes. definition for short-sightedness. Um, but there are some people who get to a point where they're the complete opposite of that. And they're hyperopic or long-sighted where they are sacrificing so much for their future selves um, so that they can be better in the future that they forget to live in the present. And in mm. that sense, I totally can see how that would be constricting, you know, refining and, and not allowing them to live a better life. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to just making sure you're living with intention and you know what your values are and you're using discipline and self-control in service of your values. Um, people get off track when they get pushed around by external forces forces that are outside of their values that that tell them that 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 they should pursue something that they don't really care about in the end uh and you know you, you get all these you know big wig businessmen corporate guys and and, totally. and females too who are just chasing that corporate pathway and it's not making them any happier uh that's a form of discipline for sure but mm. it's not aligned with their values and so in that sense it's really um, restricting and you get you get that in the fitness space too which is mm. more relevant for me yeah totally I, I relate a lot to that i remember um my uh fitness journey at one point was purely uh egoic based it was based on this idea of needing to receive the validation from another or others i should say and then also as well as like my seeking for love um like i was just in a place where i don't know how to get it i didn't feel confident enough to go out and get it so i thought oh well maybe if i become you know buff enough ripped enough it'll come to me you know that was sort of the framework that i was working from without realizing it i had no idea um at the time but it was it required a lot of discipline but it wasn't aligned with my values um anyway yeah it is, it is really crazy how we get we have these values that are aligned with you know who we are as a person 
but then they get just get dragged around and shifted by external influences and i mean i guess a lot of living a good life is about making sure you're always true to this internal i guess compass that 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 shows you whether or not something is valued by your true self mm. um, and it sounds like a very mystical process but everyone knows this is true there's a yeah. difference between chasing something because you really want to and then chasing it because you have to mm. well i suppose it's just because it's immeasurable right like science is usually based on the measurable and it's very challenging to um, bring something that's abstract like that into something totally, that's a little bit more totally. practical although there are there are like self-report studies where you, you know you can right. ask someone how much they feel something is aligned with their values and there's there's there are um quite big differences between this want to motivation and then have to motivation mm. um and I, I think that's important to know for everyone because if you live a life that is aligned with your values you're going to be more successful just by dint of um accessing a a more powerful form of motivation than something that is externally imposed on you doesn't feel autonomous and driven from the core sense of your being yes yeah. yes um so I, I will like to come to that actually and we will just not yet which is like the sort of balance between motivation and discipline because of course they're different like mm. forces and energies i suppose yeah um, but yeah. um coming to that for, before we get to that i'd like to talk about that sort of prerequisite which is what we were talking about which will be the thing that allows for the trajectory of that discipline or motivation which is a value so that seems like it's almost like more of an underlying factor but also necessary to talk about when it comes to discipline because then if we're just building talking about building discipline we might not um actually build discipline in the direction that is most valuable for us as we've sort of just discussed so how does one, in your opinion, from your experience, because you've worked with a lot of people with this probably as well with the work that you do, um, start to come clear or come to clarity rather um, of their values? Do you think? I, th I think a lot of it is just doing the the silly little exercises, taking time yes. to, to consciously think of them. Um, and most people can compile a list of their values when they do that uh it's just that it seems like such an arbitrary strange exercise to do but you know in acceptance and commitment therapy and other forms of psychotherapy they'll literally just give you a list of these values and then say which ones do you feel like you resonate with the most what ones do you care about the most and then you whittle down um, the list until you have three or four or a list of 10 say core values that um you really feel like you care about um mm. and and that you know it seems like a homework exercise or something like yeah, that yeah. but something it can be life-changing and there are there are studies on it that are it was shocking to me that you can do this exercise where you find and write down your values and then have your self-control measured after you do it and you, your self-control will be stronger than beforehand. Um, and the researchers hypothesize that it's because it makes you feel like a more coherent self, um, that you have something to aim for. You're actually marching wow. towards a future. And so that kind of motivates um, self-regulation. Yeah. yeah. And to that point, could you almost argue, I've just lost my light, but that's okay. Um, would you argue in a way that... Um, it's almost more important than to become clear on one's direction 
um, and one's intention and one's values before trying to then go and build discipline because then what, what, for what purpose am I building the discipline? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. I, I honestly think it's one of the most important things is to come clear on your values and that way you can live a life with intention rather than just being blown around by the external influences that we were talking about before and yeah. reacting to life, uh, knowing that you're living a life that you value is truly what energizes human beings There's all this sort of stuff like what can you do to make yourself more energetic you know how can you fix being tired all the time and they have these like pills like oh you need to supplement magnesium or zinc or, yes. or you need to take um you know some random herbal supplement lion's mane or something like that yeah but the the, co the core of it like that, that stuff might help i'm not being you know nihilistic about all the other stuff <laughs> yes, that can yes, help yes. But, but truly, if, if you know, you wake up in the morning and you know what you need to do to chase your values and your passions that day, uh, then you'll be, you'll be energized. It's just a natural yeah. consequence. So well, I, it's I a do dopaminergic state, isn't it? Because that's going to exactly. entice dopamine, therefore movement. Exactly. Like animals have to rely on their evolutionary programming to guide their, what their dopaminergic um, neurocircuitry you know aims towards they get this positive feeling of expectancy when they're when they're chasing um evolutionary payoffs things that mm. that will lead to evolutionary success for them but humans are different they can abstract out something and then leverage their dopaminergic motivation towards that abstraction so i can say you know um i want to i'm trying to think of an example that wouldn't be evolutionary advantageous. I, I want to, um, you know, paint or something. I want to be the yeah. best painter in the world. Um, yes. That doesn't have a direct, clear uh, association with evolutionary success. It's, it's kind of unclear how that's going to help you reproduce if you're just in your room painting. Or maybe painting is kind of attractive to girls. So maybe like being a mathematician would be better. Um, <laughs> Being the best mathematician is not going to help you reproduce, but yes. you can abstract out this goal of being the best mathematician and then leverage your dopaminergic systems towards that goal so that you're chasing it and then you're, you're excited to achieve it. Animals can't do that kind of abstraction. They can't manipulate their own neurochemistry in that way. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And, and we'll tie that to the um, talk around motivation discipline in a moment. Um, but um, I want to give some people examples because I think this will really help people piece together um, the abstract talk that we've had around mm -hmm. values. Um, so firstly, I'll just share really briefly because I think this will just uh, like give you a framework to work from. Um, like w when I think of my values, I'll think... Um, uh, like I, I have a very deep passion of wanting to create uh, tools, practices, platforms, um, specific, more singular platform um, that people can use to find uh, a way or a vehicle to find less anxiety, basically. So I want to develop a vehicle that is um, not of the norm, something completely different, unique for people that aren't um, abiding by uh, traditional therapy just the same way as I did and I struggled with it. And I found that more of an untraditional path really served me, but it was very far-fetched. It was something that was very difficult to go and get. Um, so I wanted to make it very um, practical and step-by-step -step, um, methodical practical for like the western mind that obviously that often mm. doesn't grasp those things so that's you know a really strong passion of mine and because one of my um, best friends at the time took his own life because of anxiety that's a big 
factor of the, that ties into the value. And that really brings a stronger level of passion toward that direction. Um, so for me, that's what, like you mentioned, will get me up often in the morning and excited about actually building something like that. And then when I get some sort of reward of that, when I start getting people on board of, of that type of work and it's exciting building that out, um, it, I guess, strengthens that motivation and excitement that's there around that. Um, but I, that, that's just purely me in terms of when it comes to the business focus. And then obviously there's, you know, life focuses and um, other aspects that tie into the motivation of going out and exploring and seeing waterfalls and stuff. Um, but what would you say are big things for you? Big things for me for values. I mean, the, the core of my um, focus is, is around decision-making. I think mm. that there's so much suffering in the world because of the human inability to choose what's best for them you know this wow. s- I, I, the opposite of that i would say is called self-defeating behavior you know the things that you do and everyone like if you're listening to this you can think of something that you do everyone can nearly everyone anyway um that upon reflection you know is not making you happier you yeah. know you shouldn't do but you just keep doing it and that's such a it's interesting psychologically but it's also interesting ethically think how much suffering in the world comes from just that problem like all of the preventable diseases you call preventable they're not really preventable in any sense of the word if we don't know how to defeat this problem of self-defeating behavior if we can't Mm. reduce it at all then obesity diabetes hypertension also addictions um you know like addiction to cigarettes or drugs or whatever it is these things are not just um a problem with the individual that is going to be solved by telling people they need to be more disciplined this Mm. is a problem with our understanding of psychology and until we understand that um i yeah and the reason i'm so interested in it i think is because uh of my experiences like my experience in hospital and you know having that near-death experience where i went into hospital with meningitis and caught hospital born pneumonia lost like 18 kilograms and the doctors told me crazy when i came out they said if you weren't strong coming into this if you weren't strong and fit you would have died Um, because you know think think about it. i lost 18 kilograms almost all of that was muscle yeah Um, that is not protect protective against um death and ICU and so the, the if I was if I was not as you know strong I, I would have died you just mm. get cachexia which is um, you know severe illness related muscle loss and that's how a lot of people die in ICU and so they they told me that and that just got me going down this huge rabbit hole of you know I, I'm just lucky that I had the habits and the interests I was just interested in fitness it was yeah. always something that was that was aligned with my values and I can't really take credit for that but for the people that that's not true for it could have not been true for me and I'd be dead I just wouldn't mm. have my life and no doubt that's happened to people um, you know obviously a sedentary lifestyle and poor nutrition habits together they are taking lots of lives each year and i was just fascinated by this question of our our decisions affect our lives so much and why is it that some people find it quite easy to maintain you know 
the healthy exercise habits and um, nutrition habits, whereas others are comparatively, um, they comparatively really struggle with that. And, and yeah, that's, uh, that's, I suppose, my, yeah, no, I, I love that out, so that much. That would be the core of it. Yeah. And I, like, I, I, cause I know a little bit about your story from, you know, what you've shared on Instagram and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how you've been able to tie a lot of the, um, motivation you have around this, um, to that. Um, cause of course that's only going to be a natural thing since it was such a impactful thing for you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so to that point, man, um, of motivation now coming tight now being able to tie that to the discipline factor, obviously there's going to be the motivation aspect, which is, you know, something that's really meaningful to me. And therefore I feel motivated to go and do something. Um, but then there's the discipline aspect. Um, do you think that almost, um, uh, uh, how would you describe the difference between the two? Because of course it's very easy to say I'm disciplined, but really it's just motivation. But then at the same time, it's really easy just to rely on just purely discipline and then maybe lead to burn. Like this is just me speaking from my experience. Um, so I don't know how true this is for other people, but you know, maybe for me leading to burnout um, because I'm not relying on it in any way on motivation. I'm just purely trying to just get through it and tough it out. Right. Yeah. How yeah. Would you and, talk about that? Saying like tough it out, I think is interesting because that is what most people think of. Mm, that's um, right. They think discipline is toughing it out, resisting temptation, you know, gritting your teeth and going white knuckle and just trying yeah. to uh, avoid whatever it is that's in front of you um, or trying to do the hard thing, forcing yourself to do it. And then there's motivation, which is this positive, energizing state that you feel towards something or away from something. Um, but there's a third path to that, which is like, a, I guess it's, you can kind of sum it up by saying like work smart, not hard. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be particularly motivated. You don't have to be particularly disciplined to achieve a lot of things in this life, even though it feels like you, you, you do, but it's just not true. If you set up your life in a way that's intelligent, that pushes you towards your goals, you can actually make the universe kind of like conspire to get you to a certain place. If you set up your life in that way, if you cultivate the right social connections, if you change your physical environment um, to avoid temptation, if you set up your goals in the right way, you can really set things up initially so that you face less temptation down the line. You don't need discipline and things just automatically happen by the fact that it's the default decision. So you, you don't really need the motivation either. You know, you, you do need little bits of each to use this product. Would you call that more inspiration then? Um, well, inspiration, well, but also as well, like um, uh, like alignment in a way, like you're working alignment, in flow. I the, yeah. yeah, I think that's the best term for it. Aligning, yeah. aligning the universe with what you want to achieve in life. I actually use this term. I did, you know, this, uh, I did this talk on the science of self-control uh, in Auckland uh, last year. I think it was maybe the year before that. Um, and I use that term, I said alignment in terms yeah. of your environment. So your physical environment, making sure the ice cream is not in the freezer late yes. at night and your social environment, making sure you have friends that are pushing you towards your goals, making sure you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people, people with values that you want to pick up and also value alignment making sure you're aware of your values and that they are aligning with your behaviors from day yes. to day. All of that yes. stuff um, makes it feel easier, 
I think a cool thought experiment too is to imagine you don't have any motivation or, or you know hardly any motivation and hardly any discipline just imagine you're like a complete slob like you have no control of yourself you're the most impulsive person who, who was ever born how would you <laughs> it might not be like you know for some people it might not be that far from the truth or it feels that way sometimes um, yeah. so it's a good thought experiment think how would you achieve your goals if that was the case because you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's possible or it, it's possible to make some progress in that case. It's possible to still get to the gym, to eat relatively healthy. If you just set up your life in a way so yeah. you don't need motivation or discipline in the first place. That's such a good point, man. So as I, I'm like, I know Warren Buffett is a great example of this where he makes two important decisions a year. That's what he says anyway. Really? Um, you know, yeah, yeah. He spends most of the time just researching, reading books, um, gathering intel, speaking with people so he can uh, build an understanding of the market. And he makes two really critical, important decisions each year. And of those two important decisions, obviously, well, look, look, look at him. He's, you know, the fourth richest person in the world at the moment or something like that. Um, you know, it just goes to show um, what a powerful decision really has behind it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose... That's interesting because I suppose the the difference between someone who is trying to, you know, lash themselves over the back mm. to get to their goals and grit and bear it is that they're making many decisions that are of low quality and poorly set up, whereas more successful people make big decisions that are impactful that cause them to automatically make the right decisions in the future. Mm. So a more successful person will delete social media off their phone in one big swipe mm. boom, delete and then a less successful person will not do that but they'll make they'll try and make a decision every day to not check instagram right. they're tired and, and they just get home from work and they're trying not to doom scroll and and that's just it's it's a less effective way to live your life because uh self-control is it's just not reliable uh as much yeah as that's so true is. so true man that's such a good point yeah yeah, so true. Yeah, because yeah, one day I might just be a little bit tired and then I just might let it slip. Mm. 100%, 100%. And then that leads to all kinds of, if, if you have this this idea that, you know, you have to have motivation or discipline to get to your goals, the logical implication of, of making a slip like that is that you just don't have enough motivation to succeed. You just don't have mm. the discipline. And that leads to all kinds of shameful, uh, self-critical thoughts that wouldn't be there if you had a more accurate view of the situation, which is that even if you have pre pretty low motivation, pretty low discipline, if you set up your life intelligently, you can still make the right decisions um, despite your nature. So it's not really your nature that gets in the way. It's mm. the way you're setting up your life um, and the strategies you're using. Mm. Oh, and this is, this is such good stuff, man. Um, I just wanted to ask, um, <laughs> do you um is there um like a good amount of content to go into um to discuss even because of course now we've just sort of talked about the foundation of discipline and actually just mm. discussed what it is and the impacts of actually building more of an aligned life rather than a disciplined life um but then of course there's still a disciplinary disciplinary aspect that needs to be built um so like i'd love to actually talk do, like do even a session on um like building discipline um is, is there like a good amount of content to go into that do you think and is it worthwhile? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we can so that. you heard it, guys. All right, we'll do a part two, and part two will be that. Um, so for those that have listened to part one uh, just now, um, of course, as you can see, we've gone a little bit over time, but because I was so fascinated and consumed by um, the info that Toby was sharing, um, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. So every now and again, I'll get really um, um, indulgent into something like this. And um, yeah, it's just my hopes that other people do when they're tuning in, but um, I'm excited to go into part two, brother. So. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can follow Tobias Johnson at his Instagram handle, which is Tobias Johnson underscore uh, on good old Instagram. Also as well, if you found this useful, highly recommend uh, not just following him as well, but um, really focusing on his content. His content is incredible, uh, yet he doesn't post enough. I was trying to encourage him to post more. I think he will start getting better, hopefully. And if you found this podcast useful, insightful in any way, uh, it would really help us if you go ahead and share it. And if you feel like that's going to take too much time, then even just giving us a little like um, or a little review, you know, takes a few seconds, but helps the podcast a lot and helps us grow more. So that would be really much appreciated. So I'd highly suggest as well staying tuned for part two as I was in, uh, as I was sort of tipping at a little bit near the end where we actually go through some frameworks that you can utilize to build this so-called discipline and the so-called self-control in such a way that is very healthy and in such a way that doesn't decrease well-being but can actually increase it. So I look forward to seeing you next time.